Hebrews chapter 5. We have been going through the book of Hebrews, looking at our exalted Christ. And this morning, we want to consider the fact that Christ is exalted not only in, in us, but in how we grow. As we mature as believers, Christ is exalted in us. And we want to look at that as we look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. We will read through Hebrews 6, verse 3. Stand with me when you get there. Hebrews 5, 11 through 6, 3. This is God's Word. And if we'll actually listen to it, it will change our lives. About this, we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone else to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant Practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And we will do this if God permits. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word. Speak through your words. May we listen. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We are, as we're we're going through Hebrews, we're seeing Christ exalted in a number of ways. And one of the, we've looked at all kinds of different things. We've seen that he is exalted above the angels. We looked at the fact that, that the angels are servants of God and part of their service is to serve Christ. Part of their service is to magnify Christ. He's exalted above the angels. Not only is he exalted above the angels, he's exalted above Moses. We see the law of Moses and we're going to see later on as we get through this book, we're going to see more of how the law serves Christ and not the other way around. How the law is a shepherd to guide us to the cross of Jesus Christ. We see Him exalted in many different ways. This morning I want us to look at how He's exalted in us maturing in the faith. Before I do that, I need to tell you a story. I debated about this story. I think I'm going to go with it. Savannah has always been our problem child. Y'all are like, what? I don't mean behavior problems. She's sweet. A little too sweet sometimes. (laughs) I mean medical problems. She has had brain swelling. She has had holes in her heart. She has had, um, she's had a bunch of ear problems that she's currently working through. But one of the most scary problems developed over the first year of her life. She was a big girl at birth, bigger than most boys, in fact. She was off the charts. But babies are kind of like pickles. When you put a cucumber in the juice to pickle it, it swells. It absorbs all that juice, right? 
And babies kind of do that too. When they're in the womb, they uh, not only do they grow, but they also absorb some of the fluid in them. And so when they're born, they're bigger, and then they lose a lot of that water weight, sometimes 10, 15, 20% of their weight, right? Now, some babies very quickly get back up to weight. Not Savannah. In fact, Savannah lost nearly half of her baby weight from birth to, what was it, about two or three months, somewhere in there. We tried. We tried feeding her, and she'd spit it all right back up. And what she didn't spit up went right through her. We tried medicine. Maybe it's just acid reflux. No, it wasn't that. We tried formula after formula after formula. Nothing seemed to help. Our baby wasn't growing. We were scared. Not just scared, but man, put, put yourself in mama's shoes and feel the guilt that you can't even feed your baby. That, that no matter what you do, no matter what you try, your baby isn't growing. It's terrible. How can we let our kids starve? We were doing everything we possibly could. Finally, things began to turn around. She began to grow. She was below the curve, from above the curve to below the curve. But finally, she started at least growing, still below the curve, little by little, but at least it turned around. What ended up being her problem? I'm going to simplify this because I don't fully understand it. I'm not the biology, anatomy kind of medicine, that kind of science guy, okay? I'm, I'm not that guy. So I'm going to explain it the best way I know how. Proteins come in long chains. Some of them 50, some of them 100, some of them even bigger. Chains of proteins. And normally, our bodies can absorb those proteins pretty well. We're kind of designed to take in those long chains. Savannah's, Savannah's body wasn't able to do that. She had to have a special kind of formula that cut off the chains every two or three. She had to have these tiny little bits at a time. She couldn't handle the big long chains that most of us can. Only once she got food that her body could actually absorb was she able to get the nourishment that she needed. I think far too many of us Christians today, or maybe some so-called Christians, are not able to absorb the spiritual nourishment we need because we are underdeveloped. We are not mature in the way that we need to be. Now, if you just became a Christian very recently, I want you to know it's okay that you're a spiritual infant. That's okay. If you have just trusted Christ very recently, you should be an infant. You should be a newborn. And for newborns sucking on a bottle of milk, that is normal. That is ordinary. That is good for them. But some of us are like the people that he talks about here in Hebrews 5. Look, look at it. Hebrews 5, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you. I think of Nicodemus, the teacher of Israel, who did not understand what Christ was saying. He ought to have gotten it. He knew the scriptures better than anyone. And when God is in front of his face, he doesn't get it. And how many of us are the same way? We ought to be teachers. We ought to be leading other people. We ought to be sharing the truth with others because we ought to know it well enough to be able to teach it. And yet, we need to be taught. 
How many of us are like that? How many of us, like Savannah, are not taking in the food that we need because we are not developed enough? We are not, we are not being nourished by the truth because we're too busy on the basic principles. Now, are basic principles bad? No. Are basic principles things that we should ignore completely? Absolutely not. Professional musicians practice their scales. Professional ball players work on the basics of catching and throwing and hitting. We don't, we don't completely abandon those things as we mature, but we ought not only focus on those things either. We should be teachers, but instead we need to be taught. We need milk, not solid food. Now, for Luke, Luke's diet is more than just milk, I'm sure. He looks like it. He, he certainly eats a lot, I bet. But he didn't start eating a lot of food. He started just on a bottle. All of us do. All of us start with breast milk or bottle or, or formula, whatever, whatever it happens to be. All of us start with the basic. But then as we get a little older, we start to eat a little bit more solid stuff. We eat yogurt or peas, soft foods, macaroni and cheese. Things, things that are, are pureed baby food that's basically liquid. You could, you could, they could basically drink it. But we're trying to teach them how to take in more than just milk. And over time, they can start to eat a little bit more solid food. Eventually, they get to meat, cut up into teeny tiny pieces, just a little bit here and there. And as their body develops and as they grow the ability to chew, remember, babies don't have teeth, as they develop the ability to take in the solid food, we get more and more advanced. Our plate can become more and more like an adult's. The problem with these Christians is they're still on milk. They should be on food, but they're not mature enough. Verse 13, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. They don't know how to use this book. They don't know how to understand it. They're unskilled in the word of righteousness. They're children. And when you're a child, it's okay to be a child, but you got to grow up. What is it that makes them so underdeveloped, so immature in the faith? How can you be such a spiritual infant when you ought to be a spiritual and adult? Look at verse 11. About this, he's been talking about Christ as our great high priest. We talked last week about this, how he is our great high priest and how the, the, the human high priest goes and makes sacrifices for sin, caring for the people that he's sacrificing for and representing before God. And Christ, our great high priest, does that same function, except the human high priest has to atone for his own sin, not Christ, because he's perfect. He has no sin. He doesn't have to do that but yet he still deals with us understanding our weaknesses because he's had the same kinds of weaknesses yet without sin. We talked about that last week and he wants to talk more about it. I mean, you know, when you get into something and you're really interested in it, man, you just, you just engross yourself in that and everything revolves around that, right? And I just want to dig into it more and more. He wants to dig more into this. This is the stuff that gets the author of Hebrews excited. 
I can't imagine the smile on his face as he's writing ver, uh, chapter 4 and the beginning of verse five, uh, chapter 5. But then he gets to verse 11 and he says, I have so much more to tell you. And it's hard to explain because you have become dull of hearing. He wants to tell them more, but he can't because they've stopped listening. When we stop listening to God, we immediately become malnourished, church. The moment that you close your ears to what God is saying, you immediately become malnourished. You immediately start hurting yourself, start hurting your soul. You cannot grow in faith if you are not listening to God's words. This word dull, in verse 11, you know what it literally means? Lazy, sluggish, not willing to put the work in. Maybe these folks know about God's words. Maybe they even read the word of God frequently. It wasn't common in that day to have Bibles in your hand where, where everybody basically could own a Bible. In our day, it is though. And so you may be the kind of person that's saying, but I read the Bible every day. Every morning I do my quiet time with God. Five or 10 or 15 minutes. Maybe you even go hours in your quiet time but you can still be dull of hearing even when you're reading the Word of God every single day. You can still be dull of hearing. Maybe you're in church all the time. Maybe, maybe you're in church every time the doors are open. Maybe you're the one opening the doors. Maybe you're the one that's responsible for making sure everything happens right. You can still be dull of hearing even when you hear great sermons like mine. It's a joke, y'all. I'm humble too, by the way. Um, even being exposed to God's word, you can still be dull of hearing. It doesn't mean you don't hear at all. It means you stop paying attention. You're not listening anymore. You're not carefully considering what God is saying. <coughs> Excuse me. You read through the Bible with the goal of checking the box instead of checking your heart. You come to service thinking about what else there is to do rather than the one you're supposed to be serving. You go through all the motions of biblical faith, but it has no consequence on your heart, no consequence on your speech, no consequence on your life. Don't worry, you're not the only one that's been dull of hearing. We all have at some point. And the dull of hearing have been around since God chose his people. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 4, Moses says, But to this day the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. All the things that God has done for you. <clears throat> and yet you still don't understand. Sorry. They didn't go away after they entered the promised land. In exile in the wilderness, uh, in uh, Babylon, son of man, God says to Ezekiel, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house. Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> he, he knows this good and well, but listen to how he describes them. Who have eyes to see, but see not. Who have ears to hear, but hear not. For they are a rebellious house. Not only is not listening to God detrimental to your spiritual health, it's also rebellion. Jeremiah 25, verse 4. You have neither listened nor inclined your ears to hear, although the Lord persistently sent to you all his servants, the prophets. You're dull of hearing. When we're dull of hearing, it prevents us from growing in Christ. Fact is, we cannot mature without carefully hearing God's words. 
If you want to be a mature believer in the faith, you have to open your ears and listen. Listen carefully. Listen intently. Put away all the other stuff and listen to God. That's why we make such a big deal about what the scripture says because that's how our God has spoken. We could, we could, we could do all kinds of things in here. We could talk about our feelings and our emotions. We could talk about how we understand the circumstances of our lives. We could talk about the things that work and the things that don't. But what's more important than all that? What has God said? I could preach to you all kinds of stuff that might be informative and may even be interesting every now and then. But if I don't say what God has said, what have I said? Nothing. We've got to listen. We've got to open our ears and quit being so lazy. That's why Jesus stresses that so much. Matthew 7, 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains come and, and, and the floods rise and the house stands firm because it's built on a firm foundation. Or, he says several times, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. We don't need to be the kind that have ears and aren't listening. Hearing is crucial to faith. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So how do we develop this kind of maturity? What do we do? <laughs> this is where I said there'd be some overlap. We don't do. Well, we do, but we don't. Here, consider Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Now we read a verse like this and we think, oh, well, this is obvious, right? God is the one who's building the house. God is the one who's watching over the city. And if not, then we're wasting our time. All of our efforts come to nothing without that, right? But those who build still build. Even though God's building the house. Those who watch still watch. Even though God is watching. God does not excuse us from doing what we ought to do. But God works through us as we work so that He does His work in us and through us. In other words, God inhabits us and works through us, but we still work. When you put your hand in a puppet and you move the puppet's mouth, you might give the words, but the puppet's still moving. It might be your hand controlling the puppet, but the puppet is still moving. We're not excused from working just because God's doing the work. You know, all the more reason. So what should we do? Listen, devote yourself to knowing what God has said. I think I've told you before, a pastor told me he never preaches a sermon on a biblical text without reading the text at least 50 times. Why? Because he's listening. What has God said? But we got to go beyond just listening. If all we do is listen, that's great. But God doesn't tell us just to tell us. He tells us so we'll do it. I don't tell my kids to do something without wanting them to actually do it. It's the same way with God. We cannot mature without constantly applying God's words. Not only do we carefully listen to what God had said, we must also constantly apply. Why do I say constantly? Does that mean we have to do only what God says and if we do anything else, we've screwed it all up? Well, in one way, yeah, we're kind of messing up. That's called sin when you're disobeying God. 
But God can still work through our weaknesses. But if we're not constantly doing it, if we're not constantly seeking to apply God's word, then we're not growing. If I just do it every now and then when it's easy or comfortable, when I want to, when I'm not too tired or too busy, then if, if that's all I'm doing, I'm not growing. I'm disobeying God. No, we must devote ourselves to hearing what God says and doing it. Look at verse 14. Solid food. He just said milk. Milk is for the infants. Milk is for those who are underdeveloped, who are immature in the faith. But solid food is for the mature. Look how he describes the mature, though. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Powers of discernment trained by constant practice. It's not how long you've been alive that makes you mature. It's not how long you've been in the church, how long you've been a believer. It's not how many classes you've attended or the degrees you may have obtained. It's not how many classes you've taught or how many students you've led. It's not your attendance record or your tithing record. It's not anything like that that determines how mature you are. What determines your maturity is this word right here, discernment. Are you discerning? Do you know the difference between right and wrong, good and evil? That is what determines your level of maturity. And if you are not devoted to hearing what God says and applying it, how in the world will you be able to discern the right from the wrong? I've had times where God has shown me. I can't explain why. I can't give all the reasons. I can't make a great argument for it. But I know something is wrong. And because I know it's wrong, I avoid it. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about it, but I just know in the depths of my soul something is right. That's the Holy Spirit working in me to produce the discernment of maturity. I can be fooled. God can't be. And when we are careful to listen and to constantly apply His words, we have access to power that is so much greater. We need to grow up, y'all. Hebrews 6. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. We don't leave it behind. We don't abandon it. We don't, we don't take those things and throw them away and never see them again. No, no. We utilize them to grow. I mentioned earlier, musicians play scales. Do you know why they play scales? Why do, why do musicians play scales? Not magicians. Almost said magicians there. Why do musicians play scales? Because if they are good at scales, they'll be good at playing music. James was learning a piece on saxophone that was incredibly complicated. And it was, it was complicated for multiple reasons. Number one, it had a lot of notes. But number two, it had a long passage within it that, that a long section, 10 seconds or so, without a breath. Now, he plays saxophone. You got to have a certain amount of air to get a good sound out of that saxophone. And you can't just slur it all together. You sound like you're drunk playing saxophone. No, you, you got to play each note individually, which means you got to puff the air out individually to make each of those notes. You have to have controlled breathing. You're laughing. Why are you laughing? Because it's funny, right? <laughs> I, I'm not a saxophone player. If I'm saying something wrong, please correct me, saxophone player. What am I saying wrong? You don't puff out the air 
like that? No, it's a constant breath. Okay, it is a constant breath. Okay, my bad. Okay, even better. It's a constant breath. So you're, bro- you're blowing out air forcibly for 10 seconds at a time, moving all your fingers really fast to play all these notes that you got to get in there in that 10 seconds. Y'all, if you don't have the basics, if you don't have the breathing technique, and you don't know the notes, and you can't move your fingers fast enough to get to the notes that you need to get to, you'll never play that kind of music, right? you got to learn the basics in order to do the more advanced. It's the same way in Christianity. We have to learn the elementary doctrines, yes, but we can't stay there. We have to move beyond them to build upon them to be mature in our faith. So many of us are so immature because we just want to stay with the nice warm cup of milk and we don't want to move to the steak. Seems inconceivable to many of you. Why wouldn't you want steak? It's a great question. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want the good, solid, filling meal? The bread of life awaits. Don't don't just settle for the warm milk. Not laying again a foundation. Why? Because the foundation's already been laid. Build on it. That foundation of what? Repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Instruction about washing and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Let's build upon the basics of our faith to be mature and complete in Christ and not just be spiritual infants. Let's be more. But how do we do that? We listen, do what God says. And most important of all, we recognize what Brent had to recognize, that God's got to do it. It's him working through us. This we will do, he says, if God permits. I don't think that if is a question of whether God will permit it or not. I think he's pretty sure God will. Because I don't think God wants a bunch of babies. I think he wants us to be mature. I know he wants us to be mature. So what are you waiting for? Listen to what he says. And with the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, do it. Be mature. And then maybe our churches won't be so malnourished that we have no effect on a culture that desperately needs us to lead. Father, this is a difficult call. It's easy to be sitting down and just asking you to do everything and not really acting. It's easy for us to not really pay attention and gloss over it, to hear it over and over and over again, yada, 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 I know, I know, I know, and not really listen. It's easy for us to hear your words and plan on doing them, but let everything else come in the way. Distract us, tie us up, keep us from accomplishing your word. Father, I pray that you would take precedence, that when you speak, we would stop everything to hear you. When you command we would rearrange everything to follow you. You do your work in this time. Through your Holy Spirit, call us to repentance, to faith, to obedience. Speak, Lord. We, your servants, are listening. In Christ's name, we ask these things. Amen.